0: Hello, and welcome to Revealing Your Secrets at the Podcast. I'm Alex Weiss, and we are here again with our therapist, Meredith Levy. Hey. Hi, Meredith. Hi. We were talking about you on the show the other day. Oh. Do you not know that? I... Because you don't listen to the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do when I can, and I'm behind. Spare me. I'm behind on episodes. So we were shit-talking you. Oof. I'm just kidding. We weren't. But here's the thing. So a lot of these submissions are... Crazy stories that lead us to having some legal questions. Sure. So I was saying that we should probably have a lawyer for the podcast. Remember that you used to be a lawyer, and so here's my question for you, and I'm leading the witness. Okay. When you were a lawyer, did you practice criminal law? Well, first of all, I am still a lawyer. Oh, okay. I just don't really practice. Okay. Every
1: blue moon, I'll write a letter for somebody. Okay. You know, um... No, Aww. I really wanted to do criminal law. Um, although. I object. Maybe you should cut this. But I, want, I always wanted to do white collar criminal defense. Okay, interesting. I know. So like. Why? I don't know because people, I don't know. Because I just, or like mafia, mafia lawyer. That okay, would be amazing. That'd be
0: pretty cool. Right? Defense lawyer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It seems counterintuitive. But um, no, I did probate litigation. I don't know what that means. Yeah, most people don't. It's like uh, when someone dies without a will.
2: Oh. So their stuff goes to
1: probate. So I did sort of probate, litigation, estate planning, that kind of stuff. Wills, okay. trust. So yeah, it was a very small, weird – my my mom did it. So I followed okay. in her footsteps, okay. practiced for three
0: years, and then I was like, no. I'm a little disappointed. I know. Can you tell? I'll accept you for who you are. I really will. It's not – But I'm a not, little disappointed. You're not wrong.
1: Right. Yeah, okay. I don't. It's not I definitely would have been a good criminal lawyer. I
0: think so, too,
1: because it's fascinating.
0: Well, why did you decide to be to transition from being a lawyer to a therapist? I was not a good lawyer. Mm, oh, it
1: just wasn't like it, if I'm not if I don't if I don't love something, I'm not passionate about it. I can't wake up for the rest of my life every day and do it. Sure. I wasn't horrible. I just wasn't great. OK. And are know. you a great therapist? Yeah. You think so? I do.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, for some people. Definitely my style is only it's not for everybody.
0: What do you well, how did you define your style? Oof. I've worked with you. I know. Uh we were in a group setting though, so it's yeah, hard to it's say. A little different. I mean, I'm more of like a You were very relaxed to I'm me. Fly by the
1: seat of your pants. Yes. I'm kind of um I don't know, non-conventional, if you will. Okay, yeah, I see that. So, you know, it's not for everybody. And what I do, you know, I don't do psychoanalysis. I don't do a lot of – there's so many different modalities. So I'm really good at what I do, I think.
0: I like that. Thanks. I'm really good at what I do too. Yay. I'm I'm not saying that – I <laughs> articulate. It was cool to see someone just like own their shit because yeah. I feel like most people are kind of yep. coy
1: or – I always encourage know. people to be really – to own what they're good at. Cause I'm not good at that many things. And that's not a put down. we are not supposed to be. Yeah. I'm not putting my, like, I'm pretty good at ping pong. Um, <laughs> okay. There's a couple things, but in general, like, yeah. So, like, <laughs> you're good at ping pong. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, yeah, I play tennis for a living or whatever, I'm like, are you good? And they're like, I mean, I'm like, what? Are you? Cause I hope so, if that's what you're doing, mm. you know? So I just think people, I would, I like people to own their, the things that they're good at. Yeah.
0: Because we're certainly all very hard on ourselves,
1: exactly. And so. people are like, "But I'm bragging." I'm like, "So, it's not even bragging." No, it's confidence. It's acknowledging what you're good at. Because I'm the first to acknowledge that I'm clumsy. I fall down. A- you know, there's just stuff. Mm. I don't. I'm not a sports oriented. But person. you're good at ping pong. You know, good is
0: relative. But- I feel like now I need to play you in ping pong. Oh, uh, are you good? Uh, I had a table in my house growing up, so. I'm not bad. Okay. Is there a table here? <laughs> do You guys have a ping pong table? I cast.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We added to the list. Oh, I thought. Oh. You-
0: <laughs> I thought they said we. No, have- no sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, um, there's no
3: ping pong table here. Okay.
0: I have one last question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you ever not like a client? <laughs> yeah. Like you have clients that you're like, oh, I don't want to see them today yeah i mean not currently of course (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) do you think that when you don't like a client that they can tell or you're pretty good at well and it's not it's really not
1: ever that i don't the the ones that i would say that i have trouble with the most are like i had this teenager who i literally had to pull teeth i'm like how are you fine okay what did you do this weekend nothing I'm like so did you stare at the wall? I mean no. I mean it was literally like I'm so just So as like, long as they're participating. Yeah. I mean I okay. I honestly can find something about I'm usually really engaged and I but yeah there are some that are you know that can be really exhausting or when they call you 47 times in a row and sort of right. stalker you or you know where I'm just like
0: no. Well a part of the therapy that you do or what you're company specifically offers is coaching so people can call you whenever. Yep. Isn't that so fun? I know. West Side DBT. We yes. are yeah, it's it's yes, we do
1: phone coaching, so after hours or whenever they they're can allowed to reach call. out. But and, you
0: obviously can set boundaries.
1: Yeah. I could. <laughs> Uh, but I
2: don't.
0: Good. <laughs> oh but yeah. I mean, not all. I want you to set boundaries. Yeah. But it's, you obviously care about your clients. I do. I do. Is the gist I get. Yeah. But it can definitely take
1: over your life, which my life. It's fine. It's
0: good. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Choosing beauty and wellness products can be challenging because there are so many options. Is something really worth the hype? Are you hoping to get a product as soon as possible instead of waiting three to five business days for shipping? Do you need an honest review before you make the purchase? With Flip, you can have all of that and more. Flip is the latest beauty app that is shaking up the way you can shop for beauty and wellness. Imagine shopping on Sephora, but the reviews are detailed TikTok-style videos, and the shipping is Amazon fast. Shopping on Flip means you are shopping directly from real verified users of the product you're browsing. With over 500 brands available on Flip, you can shop all your favorite beauty brands and discover new Holy Grail products through the most honest and authentic reviews on the market when you join flip you are joining a beauty rewards program unmatched by any other get rewarded for what you already do scrolling shopping voting or posting your own review all result in free shopping credits this means you can save up to 30 percent off your purchase as you rack up rewards you won't see that with sephora or alta with flip you can also get a premium shopping experience that offers free same day shipping easy returns white glove customer service, and of course, those coveted earned rewards. I have personally been in the market for a new bronzer for a moment now, and by using Flip, I was able to watch a bunch of reviews and confidently land on committing to the Trustique bronzer stick, and then I saved 30% off my purchase. Up your beauty shopping game with Flip. Download the Flip app for free today and save 30% on your first order with code SECRETS. That's code SECRETS for 30% off your first order. Code SECRETS for 30% off your first Flip order. The leaves are falling and back-to-school life feels are kicking in. Think fresh starts, new routines, and jam-packed to-do lists. Thankfully, Daily Harvest keeps me going with easy-to-prep food built on organic ingredients that I can actually feel good about. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more built on organic fruits and vegetables. Daily Harvest works directly with farmers to source the best of the best ingredients and freeze ingredients at peak ripeness to lock in nutrients and flavor, and they never use artificial preservatives or artificial ingredients. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it, helping you reduce food waste at home. Their food is nourishing and easy to prep, so I never have to think twice about what to eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, a snack, or dessert. My all-time favorite daily harvest item is their mint and cacao smoothie. I drink it for breakfast. I have it for a snack, for dessert. It's so Good. Daily Harvest is committed to human and planetary health, which means they do their absolute best to ensure transparency and integrity when it comes to their ingredients and the humans who grow them by supporting farmers who invest in practices that increase biodiversity and improve the health of our soil and by delivering food in recyclable and compostable packaging where possible. Daily Harvest does the work, so all I have to do is eat and enjoy. You deserve one less thing to worry about. Let Daily Harvest take care of the fruits and veggies for you. Go to dailyharvest.com slash alex to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash alex, A-L-Y-X, for up to $40 off your first box, dailyharvest.com slash alex. All right. Well, let's get into some people's business.
3: You've got mail.
0: Hi, Alex. This secret is a bit dark, so trigger warning for self-harm. I haven't told anyone this because it holds a lot of trauma for me. So I'm sure you're familiar with the Trevor Project. Well, about a year ago, I was going through a deep depressive episode. I am diagnosed bipolar. And I felt as though I had no one to reach out to for help. I heard that there's a help resource through the trevor project so as a queer person who needs help it seemed like the right choice i reached out because i had been self-harming and i knew i needed to stop but couldn't i was connected with someone who i could supposedly get help from when i explained to them what i was feeling they asked for details what i was using where i was doing it etc and then they asked if i was doing it safely they asked if i was self-harming safely I answered no, obviously, and they proceeded to tell me it's okay to harm yourself if you do it with a clean blade. I am not exaggerating. Unfortunately, I listened, and today I am realizing how fucked up that is and hold a grudge on the organization as a whole. I really hope whoever I was chatting with isn't working there anymore and causing more harm to other individuals. Wow. Is that bad advice? So, um, I,
1: the, the sentence Asking if you're doing it safely makes total sense. Okay. Because there is self harm, you know. Okay. So it's sort of like the difference between shooting up with clean needles mm-hmm. or dirty ones. Okay. Or having unprotected sex
0: versus protected sex. Mm-hmm. Why isn't, why isn't, I, I don't Amanda know about the moaning. Sex part.
3: Oh, I was saying, no, she was, mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say the clean needle thing because
0: okay. that's what came
1: to mind. Why for do you me disagree
0: too? with the sex part? Well, because I, I
1: don't think of, Sex is self harm. Oh, even be. if you don't use, if you don't use protection, that still that can be great.
0: But it's like I'm a point being you can minimize damage if you are engaging in that as a form of self harm. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, so if you're using sex as yeah yeah, 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 yes, okay. absolutely, yes.
0: Back to what you were yeah.
1: saying. So it's harm reduction basically yes. within the self harm idea. Yeah. So it, if the person actually said it's okay to harm yourself if you do it with a clean blade. That's not okay. If you're going to harm yourself, use a clean blade. Okay, right. It's all in the in the wording. Yeah. Well, and it's it's yeah. Because I mean, again, ideally, no self harm. That's horrible. And I, I maybe the person did actually mean what they said, but I hope they meant. If you're going to self harm,
0: then use yeah, yeah.
1: So, are you self harming safely? I think that person might have wanted to explain what they.
0: Meant right, you know, or not to encourage them to keep harming? Yeah, as long as they use a clean blade. Yeah, okay. I mean, have you ever given a client bad advice? I don't give advice, really. Oh, right. We've talked about
1: this, yeah, which frustrates me. I know. Uh, there are times where I will say, um, you know, after um, my client recently asked me, should I postpone my wedding? And after we talked about it for a while, I said, well, my thought is if X, Y, Z, then yes. And if X, Y, Z, then no. Right. So but I don't normally give advice. Yeah. And I'm sure I have given advice and ever. But and I'm sure it's been bad before. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't think of anything specifically. Sure, sure. But But you're only human. I'm only human. Yeah. Um, trying to think of anything specific, but. It's okay. Definitely if you're going to do drugs, like like I carry around fentanyl testing strips. I give them to my clients or my niece and nephew, like that stuff. So I'm like, if you're going to do coke, use a fentanyl testing strip before, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool mom. Also – Wait, I- you're not a mom, but – Ish.
3: I'm wondering if – because. Sometimes at these, like, um, at these organizations, the people are volunteers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So right. So they don't know. Just someone just misspoke, possibly.
1: Totally. Most places like this, you have to go through a pretty rigorous training. I don't know okay. about the Trevor Project, but I know, like, the Suicide Hotline, you have to go to, through a really rigorous training um, so that ideally you don't. Right. Because you kind of have people's lives in your hands. Right. So, but yeah.
0: Also, quick circle back uh, to—I need to let the audience know that when Amanda was speaking, you might have heard a little sound effect. (laughs) When Amanda gets a notification on her computer, it says— Oh my
3: gosh, sorry. I know I'm turning it
0: off. (laughs) I didn't hear anything. Oh, I did. It made me laugh. Oh Oh. no. It's okay. I think it's funny. I think the audience needs to know. It it kind of like fills in your character. I think it does. Yes. So
3: everyone, so you know— when I get a notification,
0: it says at hummus. Work,
3: it's a breathy voice saying hummus.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Is that what that
3: was? Yeah, That's what so you that didn't was. Hear it. I'm pausing it now so you won't hear it again. Sad. For a couple hours. Okay.
0: So, my boyfriend, male, 19, and I, female, 18, have been together for about seven months now. Before we started dating, I asked him what his boundaries are in a relationship, and I explained to him what mine are. My biggest boundary I have in a relationship is for my partner to not watch porn, since I personally find it disrespectful and kind of like mentally cheating. He agreed and promised he wouldn't watch it, and so we started dating. I would constantly talk to him about how I feel insecure about my body sometimes, and I'm scared I'm not enough for him sexually, and that I'm scared he's going to turn to porn. He reassured me that it will never happen. Now, seven months later, I found out he's been watching porn behind my back and lying to me about it for our whole relationship. He apologized, and I can tell he feels guilty, but my heart feels shattered, and I feel betrayed. What do I do? Yikes. What would you tell a client if they came to you with this? Um I would ask them
1: what their reason is for not liking not, pornography. Right. And not and for feeling that it's disrespectful and the mental cheating and I would ask them about that. And I would definitely validate like if they she set her boundaries in the beginning and he agreed to them and then lied and then lied that sucks. Also, I could see that that could happen because if he really liked her and wanted to date her, but also had these other needs that he wanted to— Because
0: it's not personal. Someone's porn habits does nothing—I re- mean, not nothing, but often very little to do with the relationship. They're going to do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. And I think we talked about it. I used to work in sex addiction, and so I'm very familiar with the world of porn pornography, pornography in that respect. And it is hard. I mean, I think that it can feel— and it can be a whole, if that's, if it becomes an obsession and an addiction, you know, that's, that's different. Yeah. But, you know, I think that it has nothing to do specifically with her boyfriend in terms of like feeling insecure about her body, connected that to
0: porn. And, yeah. Um, so just exploring where, where the discomfort comes from for her and not to invalidate it because maybe that's just her boundary. Totally. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Do you think uh, porn is cheating in a relationship? No. Yeah. I don't and – I'm
1: giving you that so I can say yes and no, but I'm just giving you the no because – Well, that's how you feel. That's how I feel. Yeah. I could see how someone could think it was, but
0: – I remember hearing once that your brain can't tell the difference between what you're watching and, like, whether you're the one engaging in it. I don't know if that's facts. Hmm. But if that is true, then – I could see why someone would be disturbed. I don't even really care personally for monogamy, so it doesn't matter to me. But we could talk about that for a long time. (laughs) Okay, we can. Um, The part of porn that disturbs me is how sexist, it is, like, inherently. And yes. so in my experience dating dudes, if they're not really on my speed in that conversation, it, it rubs me the wrong way for them to be participating in this culture that, um like, exacerbates and, like, perpetuates these ideas about women and objectifying them and yeah. sex being
1: for male pleasure. For sure. And I agree. I think
0: um there's a lot more
1: now um, porn companies that are women creating porn for women. Yes. For me, I think it's – I mean, it's way better to watch. Sure. <laughs> like, it's much more aesthetically pleasing and less, like – Abrasive. Yeah. Thought
3: lines are better.
1: Yeah. It's not always, <laughs> like, the, you know, plumber or
0: whatever coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think – sorry. No, I was stereoty- stereotyped. Right. Do you think porn in general is bad for you? As a sex addiction therapist – well, not anymore, but you worked in that field. Can you – for example, like alcohol. No doubt it's bad for us. It's poison. It's legal, but it's poison. Yeah. So would you say porn, like, no, it's bad, but we do it. No, no, not
1: at all. I think anything that starts to negatively impact your life. Okay. Right. So I had clients that would masturbate to the point of of injury and have to go to the hospital or I'm sorry, oh, why oh my am I gosh. laughing? Because that's just not something you hear
0: every day. What kind of injury do you get from over-masturbation? Like rug burn. <laughs> mm-hmm, basically. <laughs> Were they embarrassed when they told you that? Initially. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: I mean.
3: Oh, my god. But the whole point
1: is that having somewhere that you can talk about the stuff that's not judging you. Right. And, you know, initially yeah. I was like, whoa. But – it's, that makes sense.
3: Yeah. I I have a follow-up question actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I feel like the bigger question in a relationship that or maybe the more relevant one for me is social media. And now there's this whole like
0: OnlyFans where you can of, sort of subscribe yeah, to specific and, people. And
3: you may the you may know these women, you know? I mean, is there a difference there? Cuz for me that like I personally wouldn't set a boundary that my partner couldn't watch porn, but I would I question sometimes, you know, how I feel around like them following a bunch of women that are in bikinis and whatever, and what, and them liking and interacting with those photos. It's one thing to look, but if you're liking, I feel like, I don't know how I feel about that. So I'm interested to hear what you have.
1: Super prevalent with many of my clients. Yeah. I think again, it to what extent and why, like, why would it bother you, Amanda? Um, the let's just say I, the Instagram yeah. thing, like why would it bother you if if your boyfriend was following chicks and bikinis and liking
3: I don't know I think I guess the line is, do we know these people, you know, because then it kind of feels like
1: yes i i I agree, I would say we I don't know. we don't I mean, know these people, I guess We're just it's looking like my own, yeah, stuff.
3: totally, and I guess it, some of it is my own that would be my own stuff to look at right, yeah. but I also feel like it's, ex- it can be, uh, there's, a, it can be there both. are levels. Yes. Like it can, yes. I've seen yeah. men that are following like scads of women. It's insane. Like if you're following a few, you're following a few, but there yeah. are some that it's clearly gotten, like you said, it's anything that's impacting your life negatively. Like to me, if if you're being like, that is excessive and I've seen it look really excessive and I would feel like weird entering into a relationship with someone who's just like super actively doing that all the time. Like that to me would feel like a bit of an invasion. I don't know. I just don't feel great about that. But I also don't, I don't, it's something I want, I do think about as is how much of this is mine to look at because, and which is why, you know, and it's kind of like, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It's not a situation for me right now, you know, but it's something that I think about as like, could be an issue for me. You know?
1: Yeah. I also think, the question is, why are you looking at your boyfriend I who know. he's following? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or who he's. Um, That's a good question, too. And the, you know, I think it's just a matter of like being open and honest and being able to have a dialogue about it. Yeah. My last few boyfriends, like, we never followed each other on social media.
0: How long did you date? What was the longest relationship where you didn't follow each other?
1: Two and a half years, and you didn't follow. (laughs) Oh my gosh! No, I feel
3: like that's almost unheard of to
0: now. Why?
1: Because it's just unnecessary.
0: Yeah, total. And by the way, like I thought you didn't have social media. I have social, social media. Oh, you just keep it private.
1: Yeah. I can't it's, follow you? You can follow me. It's uh, literally dogs and my niece and I nephew. I love dogs. Okay. I don't care for children. Okay. Well, they're teens now, so. Okay. Um I don't or care maybe for a picture of my either. garden sometime. I mean, it's real I post like twice a year.
3: I'll just say it feels like it, social media these days with dating being the way it is, is like part of the early vetting process. I have People ask me oh for no. my social media right away. Yeah. And of course that can be a boundary. I can say, no, I don't give my social media out to people, you know, that I'm just meeting. Or, But I don't do that because I also feel like I have nothing to hide and my social media yeah. is cool and who cares if they look, you know?
0: Yeah. In conclusion,
1: yes. But also I just want to address – I don't want to skip over the fact that he totally lied to her for their entire relationship. Right. That's a whole other issue. Right. Yeah. right so yes. she
0: set a boundary and he
1: Yes. Re- yeah, he lied. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she feels her heart feels shattered and she feels betrayed. Like what do you do? You know, you talk about it with him and if you feel like you want to continue in the relationship, it's possible. Right. You can work through it, but also that sucks. Right. So that's a whole different I mean, yes, not to not overlook that.
0: That's a good point. I'm glad you added that. Yeah. And in terms of the just photos online and whatnot, it's it sounds like it's a it's a walking a line between understanding where your insecurities are coming in from and and then just understanding if there's actually a discomfort with your partner being excessive in behavior.
1: Totally. And if you feel disrespected, like that's valid, a feeling, and that's, that's
0: valid, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And also what you said earlier is like, well, why are you looking at your partner's account? I feel like that well it could be a signal to your own insecurity but it also could be a signal of you being with a partner you don't trust. For sure. I've been there yes. where I was just looking for a of confirmation course.
1: of what I already knew. Exactly. Yes, 100%. When you're not secure in a relationship, that's usually when these things come up. Right. Right?
3: But, I mean, just devil's advocate over here. What if you're just vetting the person and I'm that's part of my looking at what they oh, they are yeah. like, who are they following? I I was I was talking to a guy who I found out was following Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump's <laughs> son. And that gave me a lot of information. So, you know, sometimes it's helpful to see who they're following and if it's like a bunch of women, I'm like I don't know that I love that. Like a bunch of naked, those certain types of, you know what I'm talking about. Like that type of account, you're following that many. That to me is a bit of a red flag.
1: Yeah, and it just gives me like, uh, it tells me like, I I like objectifying women. You like objectifying women or looking at hot naked women? That is objectifying women. It can be objectifying women. And also I can like looking at my hot naked Boyfriend or my hot naked girlfriend, mm-hmm. like looking at hot naked women or men in general is not necessarily objectifying.
0: Like Well what do you think? Where does it
1: teeter over? Well, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, then I mean, I do object I I love a good man's ass or chest when he walks by. Like, <laughs> do I objectify? I guess. Okay. Am I okay with that? Yeah. All right. Like But you're also not following them on like Maybe how she do is. You know? No, actually,
0: Maybe now that you guys is. are saying this, I really have to check who I'm following.
3: I'd like to see. Because I have no you.
0: clue. <laughs> you know what's funny? We were talking about about how uh, following your Instagram accounts, social media can cause like disharmony in relationships. Yeah. And in this very moment in this room, I was like mad for a second. I was like, you have social media? Why don't I follow you? <laughs> that was just like a, a real time example of it causing conflict. Yeah. That's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> I really love my girlfriend we've been together for since five years but recently I went out with friends and this girl who I never met before started dancing and kissing me and I wasn't even that into it but I didn't stop it and we went to the toilets and I ended up cheating and I don't understand why I did it but now she got my phone number and when she asked me if I wanted to have lunch sometime I was like sure I just never saw this coming from me and I wasn't drunk which makes me feel like a bigger asshole I could guess what this is. What? A case of people-pleasing. Sure. It looks seems like that's not what you were thinking. I'm wondering if it's a guy. Um, hard to say. Why? What's the difference?
1: Um, because there... I don't want to get, like, yelled at for this, but... So there are... Men and women have different brains and there's a lot of things genetically and chromosomally that have to do with the way that men view sex or, you know, they talk about um, how a man is literally programmed to when a woman crosses the street, like he goes like that and watches them. I always say to guys, even people I've dated or whatever... They would never cheat. I'm like, okay, so if Beyoncé came over and sat on your face, would you push her off? And the answer is most often no. Like, so I'm just... You're telling me it's science that men cheat? Uh, no, it's not science. They like can, were giving they them can, a pass. They can control... No, they can control it, of course. So can women. We all, I mean, it's... There's just a difference between the way men approach sex and women, obviously, right? Like I mean, there just is. Like,
0: so you think that this was just like his natural response? I do, kind of. Interesting, cuz really when you know what? I disagree with you. Sure. And I'm a little angry. I'm not angry. I I just don't like like I hate giving the pass of it's it's biological. You you know what I mean? Like, totally. And I, it's not it, that Like, I'm not giving that as an excuse. An explanation. It could be. Here's why I think it's people-pleasing. Okay. Because she asked me if I wanted to have lunch sometime, and I was like, sure, okay? Right. That, this has gone to an, the next step, yeah. and he's still somehow participating. To me, that sounds like someone who doesn't know how to set a boundary and is passive because they'd rather make someone else feel comfortable than care about their comfort. Totally. And I also
1: think you know, there's a lot of times where, especially as women, it happens to men too, but as women, when a man is sort of sexually aggressive, we can feel very like, you know, like deer in headlights. It's really, it can be really scary. Mm-hmm. So you, there are times where a lot of women have a hard time standing up for themselves or stopping something or even if they don't really want to do it. Yeah. Um. So that, That could be a similar situation there where it's like, oh, this is weird. How did this girl just start kissing me on the dance floor? You know, kind of.
0: It's like you're almost so surprised that you're not really even acting. Yeah. Like not, not not knowing how to say no. Making conscious decisions. Right. The guy could not
1: know how to say no either. And, you know, he didn't even really want to. I mean, again, he's questioning himself for sure. He feels badly about it. He feels like an asshole. I'm not saying it's okay that he cheated, and I'm not just saying because he has a penis, like, this is what happened, because I don't even know if it's a man. Yeah. Um, But there are – and a lot of people will say, like, there's no scientific proof, but – I mean, there is some scientific proof about how it's – like, even starting with little boys in school, and it's a whole – it's very fascinating – I can have some more concrete information, but this is what happened. I like blank and I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking
0: about. (laughs) Like when you get in front of the lights. Yeah. Like, "Uh." yeah,
1: yeah. So, again, I just want to clarify, like, it sucks and it definitely could be people plays in and it could be um, just questioning, like maybe all of a sudden she kissed him and he was like, oh, and maybe he got horny. I mean, I'm gonna assume he did because if it was a guy, kind of have to be um, uh, turned on to have sex usually. Mm-mm. Right. Mm. I don't know if that's true. It's kind of hard to have sex without a boner.
0: Right, right. But I don't know if like having a boner means you're turned on. I just remember this oh, really specific yeah. scene from that show, Transparent. Which, oh my God, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, so good. You kind of look like one of the actresses from. Oh show. my. But like, wh- I don't know if this is messed up to say. Like, it doesn't. But you're. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna re- go backwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think of who's on that show. Uh, the one that was a lesbian. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. You guys have exuded similar energy. It's fine. I'm gonna move backwards now and ask you this following question, which Wait, is: Wait, can we ask one of the guys back there if? Oh yeah, to get a boner. Well, let me quickly finish my what I was gonna say, okay. and then let's we'll ask them. In the show, the the boy, the son, was groomed by his babysitter, and there was this like very memorable line where he yelled, like, just because it's a boner doesn't mean it's consent. Totally. So, it's a natural – It's a. it can be just a natural response, response to being yes. touched or – So I guess
1: it's turned on, but is it – Not turned on, but uh, – Stimulated. Have, having an erect penis. Hey, guys back there?
3: Yes, they heard you. <laughs> They're What's, all thinking really hard. <laughs> answer? Would anyone like to answer that question?
2: I'm a, I'm a different case because I've identified as demisexual, so if I don't have any emotional connection – I can't. Oh. And um, wow. I've even had times where I, like, think I'm supposed to be a guy and get to that part and I just can't do Wow. That. That's just okay. me, but cool. I know I'm not in
3: the majority. Okay, interesting. Okay.
0: Well, I like a variety. This is well, good. anyone yeah.
3: else? Um... Yeah, I guess I'd have to be turned on to
4: the direction.
3: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Brandon? <laughs> he's busy. He, he's, he says Brandon no comment. He not to participate. He says
3: no comment. I looked it up. By the way, it's Amy Landecker
1: that yeah. you thinking of. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you kind of look like
1: her. I don't know who she is. It's
0: fine. It's she's fine.
3: Sort of, I sort of, I could see it. It's okay. very
0: slight. It's very slight.
3: It. I could definitely see it. I'm Fair enough. We'll show you after.
0: Okay. I hate, it's not, sometimes it's not the move to tell
3: someone they look like someone else because it caught. I it, know because it, I know it's like if they don't, it's, but she's but pretty. I'm.
1: Great, then we're good. I'm, yeah, um, She's but I, hot. I also want to just like <laughs> sure. these things I've been saying, they're all not black and white, and I get right. it, I totally get it. I'm not for sure. I, yeah, a lot of guys have to have an emotional connection, a lot of times, I think they don't.
3: It's a combination of the two, probably, right? Oh, right,
1: so you're a combination of sort of the both biological
3: response, people and, and people pleasing, and just also you know, complacency. This person says they've been together for five years. Like if I know for myself, like when you get to that point, it just, things sort of do happen that way. You're out without your partner and it's something weird happens and you just, you're not motivated enough to really put a hard line there. Yeah. And so I, I can, I can see that too. I think that's part of it too.
0: Yeah. Before we move on, I would like to quickly speak on people pleasing. Okay, because I—that's what I see when I read this, which is probably just a projection of my own. Self. No, it totally makes sense, though. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, it absolutely makes sense. So I want to ask you if you generally have any advice on people pleasing. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, I have advice. What? This is I. I'm a reformed people pleaser. Okay. So here's my advice. Okay. Um, first off, I realized one day that my comfort is important and other people's comfortability is not more important than my own. I mean, not that I want to make people uncomfortable, but I had spent my whole life making sure other people were cool and fine and not taking care of my own emotions. Step one. Okay. Step two. Yes. Um, it's a DBT skill. Mm -hmm. It's the STOP skill, Mm. uh, which is an acronym for STOP, take a... Can you tell me what the acronym stands for? Um, can you tell me? <laughs> Stop. Uh, take a uh, like a count take of a pause. Take or- a or like take a count of what's going on around you. Um observe and then participate mindfully wow something like that in my
1: mind stop wasn't even an acronym it was literally just, it just stop, stop. I mean, because that's the first it says thing. what it means but, but yes thank you for that Be-
0: because people pleasing is a, it's a unconscious behavior so you need to stop and kind of observe what's going on before you can then proceed in a non unconscious way and then lastly learn how to set boundaries easier said than done yes but
3: Proceed
1: mindfully.
0: Proceed mindfully. Thank you, Amanda. You're so good, our Google fact checker. checker.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it can be people pleasing can be. So it can be an in, an internal thing that you don't take care of yourself, and because you're always pleasing other people. Yeah, myself, I definitely I'm I'm take care of myself, but I love doing things for other people. But mm-hmm. sometimes to... Not to my own detriment, but it doesn't get reciprocated often because mm. I'm a very much like a go above and beyond person, mm. right? So I think it can go, you know, I don't know if that's because it makes me happy to do things for other people or if I'm hoping that they'll like me more. I mean, I don't think that's why I just like doing things. But as long as you're, like, you're taken care of, your people pleasing doesn't seem to be as harmful as the... Right. It just, over time, it can be disappointing,
0: Yeah. right, when other
1: people don't do for you. Or when if I ask for something, which I rarely do, and someone's like, you know, I'm like, really? I never ask for anything. But,
0: Mm, oh, I relate to that. Yeah.
3: Well, and you end up hurting yourself because now this person has to live with this guilt.
1: Yes. Oh, totally. You cause
3: pain to yourself in the process of trying to help. You know, yeah, guilt, yeah, pain for someone else.
1: But the guilt is letting him know that he crossed his own moral boundaries and and doesn't like. It causes
3: pain to your partner when they eventually find out.
1: Yep. Or they,
3: or they don't, or who
1: knows, or he didn't use a condom if it's a man, and then he gives her some disease, and it's fucked up. Mm
0: -hmm. In conclusion, (laughs) that's fucked up. (laughs) 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 Let's move on. Hey, recently came across your channel on Facebook. I know you do secrets, but this may be more of a confession. I've held this in me for 15 years, yet I think I have to confess it to someone that I don't know personally. 15 years ago, my sister ended herself. I'll never know why, since she never wrote a note or told us anything because she was always private. I loved and still love her to this day. She'll always be in my memories and the sporty, kind, loving older sister. However, I've always held resentment for what she did. I know it says sick to say, but she left me with her children. I know it sounds rude, but I had a life. I was a young 24-year-old who just finished university with a fine arts degree. I wanted to become a graphic designer, see my work on film posters, and design a company logo, and see it on display was a dream to me. However, when she ended it, I fell into a spiral of depression. I was left with her kids, and my sister, my best friend, ended it. I've always wanted kids, but not till I was in my late 20s. Being left with a seven-year-old and a five-year-old at 24 felt overwhelming. My cousin, aunties, and uncles always tell me I'm amazing and strong for raising two children at my age, but I felt weak. I had my life taken away from me. I couldn't get the jobs I wanted since I was performing at low standards. I felt depressed and isolated. My hard work at uni was all for nothing. I'm left with children. I know it sounds rude. I love my two nephews, but I can't help but feel my sister ruined the life I wanted. It took me years to get out of a depression. I couldn't get good jobs. I was sleeping late and working up late. I lost touch with my best friends. I had nothing and no one. I lost my apartment because I wasn't paying rent and couldn't couldn't afford luxuries because I had two extra mouths to feed. I feel... Like my sister took my life as well when she ended hers i've never been able to recover. I missed out on my 20s I've never expressed this to any of my family. I've held it in for so long I feel like what my sister did was selfish and ignorant. I hate to say it, but it's how I feel It's been so hard on me since i'm in I'm now 39 and my life has improved. I got married and I adore my two nephews and will give them all the best. But that life I wanted was taken away from me by my sister. Why couldn't she have just told me? I was always there for her. I know this sounds bleak and not the typical secret you were expecting from Google Forms, but I've always held resentment. Mm, Sad. So sad. Well, it makes a lot of sense that she feels resentful.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any surprise to that and I can't. I mean, I would imagine her family would know that, but it, I mean, how could you not have resentment of a, yeah, I mean, anybody that just changes your life path. Yeah. Without you deciding. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. And again, it's like, if you, if, if, if with your sibling or whatever, if anything ever happens to me then, like, I'll take the kid, you know, or you'll take my kids or whatever. But that usually is an accident, right? You're, you're preparing for right, right. horrible things that may happen. She opted into that trajectory. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, you know, suicide is not – sometimes doesn't feel like an option for people. Yes. Um, and also, yeah, like,
0: I I wonder why her parents didn't take the kids. Or any of the older family members. Yeah. I feel like this is a good example of a DBT skill. Do you know which one? I do I mean so many, which one? I'm thinking of a dialectic when two things are true. Yeah. She loves her nieces, nephews, children are of, of her own now. Right. Um, but she's also resentful that she has to be their caretaker and resentful totally. of the person who gave them to her.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course, both are true, for sure. And I'm sure she's really sad about her sister and also really angry. It, it makes sense that she fell into a depression.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean. Honestly, you're valid. Like, I feel like this isn't even that much of a secret. Obviously, there's shame around the resentment. Yes. But it's a super normal experience.
1: A hundred percent. I think it, I I definitely, I mean, it makes me sad. It's, it's horrible. And I think feeling guilt to feel resent, about feeling resentment, makes sense mm-hmm. or I'm feeling shame about it um but like it's totally okay and I'm glad that your life is going well now and got married and you know
0: maybe if anything they can give themselves a little like extra like selfish time because that's what they missed out on yeah I don't like the word selfish but Self-care. you know
1: care self full, yes compassion don't judge yourself
0: and and Yeah, you did miss out on your 20s. Maybe do some things you felt like you wanted to do then. It's never too late. It's never too late. No, for sure. So go have some fun. Yeah. You deserve it. Don't judge yourself. I know. I feel like when we suffer to add the judgment of I shouldn't feel this way, never helps. Shitting all over yourself. Don't shit all over yourself. That's messy. Yeah, (laughs) it's messy. (laughs) All right. So this one is a hot topic because we got a submission a while ago from a girl who was upset that her boyfriend didn't go down on her. Yeah. And you were team, actually, you know, people have boundaries and it's okay. Yeah. And I was team, screw him. Right. Like, get your needs met, girl. Yeah. There were a lot of people who were upset in the comments and I later apologized, actually, I don't think you know this, in an episode and I just said, look, I didn't, I didn't think that maybe he had a sensory issue or, yeah, people should have boundaries. That's allowed. I was just speaking from a place of a judgment that men sometimes don't care about women's needs in bed. Totally. 100%. We got an update from the girl. Okay, I'm excited. Update on boyfriend who I thought didn't like going down on me, lol. So I asked him about it and we came to the conclusion that if he has cum inside me in the last two days, then it won't taste good. Uh Aha. I already knew that cum changes the pH of a vagina, but we Googled it and a vagina is acidic while semen is alkaline. So it changes everything about the smell, taste, etc. when it can regulate again, which is some interesting shit. IMO. But he says, I really do taste amazing when he hasn't come inside me so it all makes sense now lmao he said i guess we can't have both but i really want to do it more i also really do love this man with all my heart also seeing my secret on here gave me the courage to actually ask him and not think about it potentially hurting my feelings or being awkward so thank you alex
1: wow look what
0: fucking communication does you're happy i'm not (laughs) Why are you not happy? Surprise! Surprise! I know. Okay, so it's this is really dumb of me because I've already apologized. Okay, I already apologized though, and I'm gonna backtrack really quick. That's okay. Great. We'll see if the audience agrees. Well. um, so again, people should be able to have boundaries, and that's totally fine. But what I'm getting the problem I have with this secret is is that he didn't say, or if she added, and so he's not coming in me as much. So that he can go down on me more because he knows that I want I like that. That's what's missing. It's like still kind of very much about But what if she him. wants to have sex? What if that's her choice too?
1: Just wondering. That's a good point. No, you're right. You're I, right. I mean, it could be you're right. fuck, you're right. I mean, if 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 it were and so he said, So too bad, that's what happens. Right. Then I think it would be different.
0: Okay. Um, then I would agree. You're right. So this, to you, a client comes to you, they say this, you go, amazing. Fuck yeah. She went, she literally said who I
1: thought didn't like going, she com- communicated with him because after seeing her secret on her, she felt like she could ask him. She communicated with him and found out that- but there's a what reason. She, well, what, what she thought was, that it wasn't that he doesn't like to go down on her. He loves the way she tastes. He loves, wants to go down on her. But that- And
0: also, these other details alter the experience. Yeah. Okay, so Meredith says it's a win. I think it's a huge win. I mean, anyone else? You guys think it's a
1: win back there? I think it's a win. Yeah, of course you do, Eddie. (laughs) Sorry. I
3: mean... I know. I'm. I, it's it's harder for me to accept this as a win. I'll I think just say that Amanda Why? and I are
0: probably viewing it through our own personal yes, experiences with gonna, some dudes. Yes,
3: I was. Just going a lot to say of that. dudes are, are out here being a little selfish. I don't mean to yes. overgeneralize. In,
0: in my experience, no, in my experience as well, and in many of and my I've been friends, with men experiences. and women, and men tend to be more takers than givers than the women I've been with.
3: So, right, totally. I yeah,
0: which.
1: Definitely makes sense. I mean, yeah, but
0: right. There,
3: yeah, there are some things. I mean, I think that's an interesting perspective, Meredith, because there are some things that we don't know from this submission. Right. Like the person isn't saying, I also love when he comes in me, so I don't want him to do that less. Right. That's true. I mean,
1: I think, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't the isn't the coming inside you better than not? I mean, I mean yeah, I think no, it it's would awesome. have you would have to decide. <laughs> you lose something when it's You would yeah. have
3: to decide. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. It would it would be like Wayne, like, do I want him to go down on me?
1: Do I want him to come in me?
0: I want it all. I want it all
1: too. Can we not have it all? <laughs> yeah, I just think, by the way, like, haven't you ever sucked a dick that their
0: cum taste horrible? Yeah. And you're just like, okay. You just kind of go, well, right? I don't love it. I know, but th- and this is what people, I think, are upset about. It's like, we, we shouldn't tell people to just, like, suck it up. You know what I mean? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess,
3: yeah. No, I know, I'm sometimes like- I do. And can also, I, I mean, is it is it, I think it's true that the cum can change based on what they eat. So if they uh, eat fruit, it tastes bad. Yeah. Isn't that true? I think it's really true. So that doesn't mean, just because it tastes bad one time doesn't mean it's going to be true. No, for
1: sure. And, and yes, I would probably say like
3: that's probably true for women too so hey for sure eat some pineapple I was just gonna say
1: (laughs) that could be a total (laughs) myth by the way I don't know okay but it sounds accurate what were you gonna say um yeah that I don't know what I would do if my partner my partner's cum tasted disgusting right like that would suck
3: you would give them pineapple
1: I would or I would just say let's have a compromise like I'll give you head but I'm spitting it out
0: well, that's the difference between oral that's sex with sucks. men and women is I that know. you either don't get it at all or I like know. you just,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I have mean, a, yeah. it.
3: yeah. I think also
1: now that I'm thinking about it, it has happened to me plenty of times and I probably didn't hold a boundary for myself. Mm. Like, why am I going to force myself to swallow disgusting tasting semen? And
0: I guess this kid shouldn't have to push himself to do something he doesn't want to either. And when I say yes, I mean he shouldn't. <laughs> Period. Yeah.
1: It's hard. It's not a it's not a it's not black and white. It never is. And it's I'm angry about I know. It. Meredith. I know. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll get something. I mean, there are some black and whites things. Right.
3: You know what I just heard? What? what? Anger is a cheap emotion. It oh. is a cheap
1: emotion. It's just what? like
3: the easiest, most accessible emotion. Oh,
1: not for everybody. There's a lot of people oh, can't get interesting. can't go to anger.
3: Oh, Okay, that's okay. All right, Meredith. I yeah, you.
0: yeah. Right. I think that's anger is a cheap emotion. Back. I like sad. That. Why were you even saying that in the first place? I don't
3: know because you just keep saying I'm angry. I'm
1: angry. I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I didn't realize.
1: <laughs> I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. I mean, I th- yeah. I have a a lot of people say anger is only a secondary emotion. I disagree. There are some things that like. I'm, I don't know, I'm fucking so tired and I've been driving around and someone just stole my parking spot. Do I feel disrespected? No, I just fucking feel angry.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Does it
1: always have to be a secondary emotion?
0: What do you What do you mean by secondary emotion? Like, like there's always something underneath, oh, underneath the anger. Oh, okay, I was. Okay. I yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think it's what Amanda's probably saying is that uh, sometimes people use anger to like act out on their pain. Oh, but totally. But you're saying it's both are true. Yeah. That's true. And people and anger is valid and justified and awesome that some people can reach that at some point if they can't otherwise. Right. Yeah. It's what do we do with our anger? How do we channel it? Yeah.
1: You know, in a productive way, make change or also, yeah, a lot of people have a hard time getting angry at people or getting angry in general.
0: I actually struggled with that for a while. Yeah, I would get angry at myself, but nobody else. Mm. Anyways, this isn't about me. Well, now you're angry with me. It's good. I'm angry with you. Yeah. What, you've said that. You are. Oh, I, I'm not actually. Okay.
3: They said, I really do love this man with all my heart. So I feel like if they're
0: happy with, if they've come happy. to a, then we're happy. We're right? happy that you're happy. Fist pump? Fist bump. Did you
1: say fist pump?
0: Yeah. Fist bump. Fist bump.
1: <laughs> What's a fist pump? I don't that's, know. That's like, <laughs> that's like Jersey Shore.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Fist bump. <laughs> fist bump. Yay. I love that you remembered I don't do high fives.
3: I mean, oh, it's how could I forget? Thing. It's a whole thing. Guess what? It turns out so many people agree with you. We were surprised. Yeah. A lot, lot of totally commenters
0: said that they make them uncomfortable as well. Nice. Yeah. So you're not alone. You are representing a whole I, slew of people. I'm not alone and
1: I'm not alone in that I sleep with a stuffed animal. True. A lot of people. People
0: yeah. were receptive to that as well. Yep. Yeah. So, Maybe so. that's
3: another merch idea. What would Meredith
0: do? <laughs> if you wanted a stuffed animal, that's a merch. Good one. What what animal would it be? Oh my. Or it could be like a figurine of some sort. A figurine? A, a little you <laughs> figurine.
1: I
3: don't ever want a little me. <laughs> we could do like little like a like one for each shoulder where it's like what would Meredith do,
1: you know? <laughs> like, Actually, funny you, you say it? that. I'm doing a whole deep dive right now research on um uh Star Wars. Doug, who I do the other podcast with, um, he's very your mental breakdown. Your mental breakdown. He's Check very. It out. Um, he has these great analogies between Darth Vader and Yoda, and so I just started deep diving yesterday and doing all this research because it's so. F- I'm always a big f- um, fan of having the light and dark and integrating the two. Mm-hmm. So Carl Young, yes. So i on the back of my ears. Is I did this forever. I have a devil wing on one, the back of one ear tattoo, and an angel wing on the other.
2: Oh. Um,
1: because you know it's always the dark and the light. So Meredith, you're so cool. So they coo- they need to be redone. They're they're old and well. So you you're stuffed so cool. in, You're so cool. You just became ten percent Ten percent?
3: I didn't. I mean, you. you were already a lot of. I love you
1: guys. Aww. You guys are
0: cool. You're cool. <laughs> oh my god, we're all so cool. What does that mean? Oh my mean? gosh, there's so much oh, cool this in this tattoo? Room. Yeah. Um. This is a. Uh, Like a watch, and this is Morse code for N and Morse oh N and Morse code for W, so it's a watch that says now. So it just kind of (gasps) like reminds me to be present. Oh my god! Yeah, it's funny. I came up with the idea and I told my mom, who's not really team tattoos, and she was like, "You should get that." That is genius. Thank you. Holy shit! You can get it too if you want. I might. (laughs) That'd be so cool. Let's have matching tattoos. Does that one have any meaning or? Um, I choose not to tell you. Okay. Um. Anyways. Well. (laughs) What? You're like I choose not to tell. Or no, <laughs> oh, different, other finger. different okay. finger. Um. We'll, we'll we'll talk on your stuffed animal idea. Okay.
2: Hi, Alex. I've actually submitted a secret before, and it made it onto your podcast. But that's actually not the worst secret that I um, currently have. This actually happened pretty recently, and still is happening. Basically I was raped in uh like late April and um I just started school back up again and my rapist added me on Snapchat and told me that he was transferring to my school so we started talking again and um I've kind of honestly been like developing feelings for my rapist. And um, he is too, and we've been talking about a relationship and stuff, but it feels just like really toxic and like already. It's like in the beginning stages. And um, sorry, this is like really fucked up, but It's just like, I don't think I can like physically let go of him and, um, you know, end it for good because I'm gonna be having to see him every day in person soon. And, um, yeah, that's my secret and it's really getting bad. I, um, I love your channel. I've been watching you for a really long time and, yeah, I hope you have a good day
1: my heart. It's, yeah, that's horrible. Why are
0: people so drawn to their abusers?
1: I mean, I think a lot of times it's a power thing. You know, there's a loss of control. And if you can maybe maintain the relationship, then... It seems
0: like a semblance of control.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, also... I have a lot of questions here. Okay. You know, like, I don't know. Was it date rape? Was it, like, did he know the person already? Or was that the first time they met? Yeah. yeah. Or was it the first time they met? And it, do you think high school? Do you think they're talking about high school or college? Transferring oh, school. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, obviously there's the Stockholm syndrome type thing where you start to identify with the people that, are abusing you and I think in order to feel less shame about it, you're kind of like, well, you know, they're going through their own stuff or, you know, you start to develop maybe an understanding for
0: what they did. Um, not that it's okay. Like you think it's an attempt to humanize them as to feel better? It can be, I think, for
1: – to maybe make it less worse for you.
0: I've definitely been in a situation when I was a lot younger where I would uh, engage with someone who assaulted me and it was, be- I th- I think in hindsight, it was because it was minimizing the experience mm-hmm. and also what you said up front, which was that it felt like I was gaining control over the situation because it's like, well, I'm participating now. Right. But in hindsight, you never really had control. No. And it like becomes this very convoluted thing to process the more you participate Cause then I felt, well, I never really, then I validated what he did and I, It's horrible. how can I say that this happened if I then like became closer to him? Yeah. It's very confusing, but I feel like it's really common. Uh, Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I
1: think also people don't realize that even if you're married or in a relationship, you can be raped by your partner. Yeah. Right. So, and, and then that happens and people think, well, that was fine. I mean, that that it's okay to do that because
0: of your status and
1: then you'll stay with them. And so, yeah, I mean, this sounds horrible. Do you have any advice for them? I would definitely talk to somebody, Yeah, you know, and I would just, I think if it's a high school situation, it's sounds, I mean, yes, depending on the size of the school, it'd be really difficult to navigate that. Um, and also, like, not to judge themselves for having these feelings. It's not. Normal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's y- you know, it's not the healthiest route to take. And hopefully maybe he can disengage. But it's. Reroute. It's. It's. I get it. You know. I I mean, at first addressing the the rape in the first place.
0: And also, he seems to be pretty hyper aware of the fact that it's an unhealthy situation, which is a good start. Yeah. To getting out of it yeah all right we love you Uh, yeah (laughs) i'm sorry i hope you don't date your rapist get some help yeah okay hopefully the next one
4: is a little less sad hi my secret is that i am like obsessed with um one of my friends not just like a Oh, yeah, I, I think they're really cool. No, like, it's an obsession over them. Like, I get mad that they have other friends, and I get mad that, like, they don't like me back because, just to note, I've also been in love with this stupid-ass motherfucker for, like, years, literal years, and they don't even notice. They're really oblivious, you know? But, like, it's an obsession. It's not just a, like, silly little crap. No, it's, like, an obsession, I looked up their school and I found the schedule. So I know almost everything that goes on in their life because I found schedules. I stalked the Facebook page and Instagram page of their school and their parents, and their siblings, like, every day, pretty much, I check the Instagram, and their tagged photos, like, constantly, and I'll look at, like, what their friends are doing, and, like, see if they're, like, involved with it, like, it's, it's a little bit much, it's a little bit much, and, like, oh, my God, they come to me with girl problems, they're, like, oh, yeah, I kind of like this girl, but, like, I know that she doesn't like me back, you know, she's not, like, and, It makes me so mad like it literally fills me with so much anger whenever I hear that like I cry just out of anger and like devastation. My entire life revolves around what they say and what they don't say like if they don't talk to me for like a couple days. I'm at my lowest low I've ever been but as soon as like they text or call or anything. I'm immediately at, like, the highest high. Like, my life literally revolves around them. And, you know, that's, like, kind of a problem. It's kind of a problem. And I need to stop. And I don't know how. Oh, well. Oh, well. Wow. Why do
0: people get obsessed with people? I also feel like you specifically probably have some knowledge on this because I, I feel like there's an association with... You work with a lot of borderline personality clients and like favorite personing, Right. Is a phenomenon. Um,
1: I thought you meant like you can, you probably, you know, you can see how I would have experience with it. Just like, oh, I think you probably get (laughs) obsessed with people. Um, I mean, I've gotten obsessed in my life. Me too. For sure. Me too. Yeah. And again, I think that it's on a continuum. I yeah, like right? you
0: thought I was going to call you out. I know. I was like, I guess. You called yourself out. I did.
1: <laughs> um, it's definitely on a continuum. I think that w- saying that you're in love with – did she say she's yeah. in love with – okay. Um, that changes the whole thing. That changes the whole dynamic of why she's obsessed, right? So it would be different if it was just sort of like um, single white female – type thing. You okay. probably have never seen that. Have
0: you? Uh, no, oh. I, I a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, right.
1: So if it's more like you want to have this woman's life or you want to have or this person's life or you want to, you know, I think that's different, but a love and a love obsession, a love obsession, crush, whatever it is. Um, it's not uncommon. It sounds unhealthy and definitely it sounds like it's having a negative impact on her life if she's spending a lot of time stalking and
0: yeah, you know, is
1: so impacted by by his every move. Every move. I feel
0: like a lot of people experience this level of romantic obsession at some point. Yeah. For it's- whatever reason, somebody specifically hits some nerve. Yes, especially with social media. It's a clusterfuck. Yeah, fuck. you have way too much access yeah. to be stalking someone. Yeah, back in the day when I
1: was, like, a kid, I mean, you just had to, like, wait by your phone at home. Look out their window. Oh, or hope – yeah, <laughs> go to their house and stalk them. Couldn't just do it online. Yeah, you had to see if they left you a message on your answering machine, you know? Like, you didn't have so much availability. So I think um, it's it's not uncommon. It's – Do you have any advice? I mean, certain things I think I always encourage people to do is I would delete your social media or if maybe going n- not as far as that, if that's hard, is muting the person or... So trying to
0: disengage. Trying to disengage, do healthy. it less. Yeah. I've come to th- to think yes. that anything that is an obsession is usually some kind, form of addiction and any addiction is usually escapism from some sort of underlying issue. So it's like, what are you hiding from projecting your entire being onto somebody else? And like, yeah, insightful, letting them determine how you feel or like your your worthiness or like how you move in the world based on their uh, participation in your life. Yeah, it's definitely internal,
1: right? Like we need other people's validation and attention to feel okay. No one likes to be rejected, but this doesn't even necessarily sound like a rejection. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, self-worth and value has to come from within first. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we don't all like external validation.
0: Ain't that the truth? We
1: definitely do. Nothing wrong with that. Um, But yeah, there's definitely, I think... Again, an addiction, an obsession, anything that negatively impacts your life or people around you, for sure. Veering into unhealthy territory. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to start out that way, by the way. Right. You know, like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're experimenting with drugs or alcohol and that doesn't mean that you're, you're doing it to quell some internal, it could just be social experimentation. But eventually,
0: if you can't stop, you know. Have you ever had clients that were like super obsessed with you? Um, yes. Did they tell you or did you just could tell? Well,
1: a a couple a couple? No. <laughs> it's a reoccurring issue? Oh, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean it has been a f- just a I'm trying to think of of one f- 100% where I literally, you know, I'm like I almost got to get a restraining order. Um, but there's a – yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a fairly recent one. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Drama. Um, yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Well, do they
0: tell you or do you just assume? Like you can tell?
1: You can tell in – I mean, yeah. If it's like why don't you like me? What's wrong?
0: Let's be best friends. Like, well, you know, like I love you. A client has told you they love you, like romantically? Um, no, just not
1: romantically. Okay. I think just attachment wise. OK, OK. You know, interesting. Um, So, yeah, it can be it can be uncomfortable. Have you had someone obsessed with me? Yeah, I'm sure. Right. Look at me. I know. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're a public figure, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I've had I've had some stuff, Uh, but I try to think more on like an interpersonal level. I don't know. Maybe. Sometimes you don't know. Yeah. I mean I think more or less people try to hide it.
1: I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean
0: Would I ever want someone to be obsessed with me? That's what I was thinking. I know. It's like kind of flattering, but also a little off putting. Maybe when it's not scary. Right. You know. A harmless obsession.
1: Yeah. That's good. A harmless obsession where you want to shower me with gifts all the time. And compliments. Yes. I
0: but don't that. invade my space too much. Don't smother me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so please be obsessed and give me gifts, but don't smother
0: me. <laughs> but within reason. Yes. Uh, just one final question, which is, have you ever st- w- stopped working with someone because they were obsessive? Yeah. Yeah. These, all these people. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Right. Um, it just, it's, it,
1: therapeutically, it's no longer healthy. Helpful, right, because yeah. they're seeing it through this sick lens. Yeah,
0: Sick is maybe a judgmental word, but a unhealthy yeah. lens. Yeah, I don't
1: really use the word sick unless it's so extreme. Okay. Maybe like a few people, but in terms of mental health.
0: Or in a good way. Like this podcast is sick. Sick. So sick. It's so sick. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Okay, for our round of a pause, there is a skill that I learned in DBT that you probably taught me when we were working together. It's very possible. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, and it's helped me throughout the years, and I would like to teach our audience. Okay. It's a very generic skill you can use any day. It is. It's just anytime, things any that place. we don't think about. It's a weird acronym. The skill is called the PLEASE skill. It's an acronym for to check in on ourselves when we're feeling dysregulated, upset. It's a
1: it's a skill for us to prevent m- emotional vulnerability to when we're to not let ourselves get more emotionally vulnerable. So if we are dysregulated or something's happening, so how to take care of yourself. Right. So P
0: physical PL, actually. Is I know. Physical. It's a weird acronym. That's what I'm saying. PL stands for physical. Make yeah. sure there's no, like, physical issues. Physical illness.
1: You know, if we're sick and something happens, often, yeah, we're going to f- – it's going to feel worse, Any, you know? Um, if you're sick and you get in a fight with a friend or, boy or family, like, then it's just – oh my God, I feel that much worse about it because now I'm sick and I'm in a fucking fight.
0: And it's not that you can de-sick yourself, but you can honor and feel validated me- like many of us do when we realize we're getting our period, that there's a reason we feel as badly as we do. Exactly. Yeah. Um. You
1: know, e is eat healthy. One E is exercise. One's eat healthy.
0: I think the first one's eat.
1: Okay. Period. So eat. Yes. Eating. Overeating under eating those can definitely both affect your mood and make you more emotionally vulnerable um so and what you eat and how often or um where are we a avoid mood altering drugs right um so that can be anything right that doesn't even just have to be it's like um if you take benadryl right because you're or itchy, or whatever, it can make you, like, knock you out, make you really tired. A lot of times if you have to take steroids for some, you know, sore throat or whatever, it can make you really jittery and anxious. So on top of, like, drugs and alcohol and that kind of stuff, it's just knowing that if you are on something like that to be aware of it, mm-hmm. how it can affect your mood. S. Um, mm, sleep. Sleep, thanks. I got you. Balance oh, Sleep. Not sleeping too much, not sleeping too little, having good sleep, knowing you know it's this is like halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I was just
3: gonna say that. Right, you tick my I'm where's sorry. right out my mouth? I'm sorry. I never heard of that. That's a twelve step thing. Okay,
1: it's like if it's, you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, all those things are just gonna make exacerbate. you like take yeah. care of those needs first yeah. before
3: you proceed. Yes, basically. yes. Yeah.
1: Any of those things for me, <sighs> tired and hungry, those are. I'm evil when I'm those things.
0: Well, I'd like to see you evil.
1: Oh. Everyone knows about the food thing. That's why I carry snacks with me all the time.
0: Oh, I didn't know I that. I love it. Yeah. I, I love a
3: snacks carrier. Yes. Those
0: are my people. Always. What? What's your go-to carried snack? Um, little bags of almonds. Got it. Nice. Cool. What's the E? Exercise. Makes exercise. you feel better. Get exercise. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I skipped things. So check in with those skills. If you... And by the way,
1: it's don't over-exercise. Right. Don't not... Ex- right? It's, again, a lot of this is, is moderation or finding the middle path. But yes, all of these things help us be less reactive or less vulnerable to things that will exacerbate
0: our feelings. Just a good way to check in with yourself when you're hyper fixated on the problem and maybe not turning it back to seeing how you're actually doing personally.
1: Yeah. A lot of people will be, like you said about your period, they're like, oh my God, and this and that, and and I'll be like, when do you get your period? And they're like, oh, fuck, tomorrow. Yeah. So again, it helps not judge yourself. Be in the moment, plan ahead, and then also Not judge yourself after the fact.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, that's today's episode. As always, love having you here. I love being here. And now we're going to have a stuffed animal too. Yeah, we're going to get you stuffed animal merch. We'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. But (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow Rate and Review of Revealing Your Secrets, the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, you're only as sick as your secrets, so send them to me. Go to speakpipe.com slash secrets to leave a voicemail or fill out the anonymous submission form at the bottom of my show notes. Today's episode of Revealing Your Secrets is a production by Cast Media. I'm your host, Alex Weiss. My producer is Amanda Elliott. My executive producers are Colin Thompson and Harris Lane. My editor is Arvin Lee. My technical engineer is Brandon Klein. And design and animations by Jeff Schweikart. We'll see you next time.
2: On holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight. So you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia. Made to travel.